Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly episodes of us talking about movies, TV, music, and video games, not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Yes, thank you for joining us here on the second episode of the new year in 2024. To be specific, it is January 9th, 2024. This is episode 417. And just like he said, we're going to bring you news and thoughts about movies, television, video games, and music, but not necessarily in that order. And we always start at the top of the show here with the music section. We do. Yeah, we start with the music section with the billboard. Start the billboard with the Hot 100 and the Hot song in the land is somebody loving on me by jack harlow at two it's, it might be early but it is still cruel summer by taylor swift coming at three greedy by tate mcgray at four paint the town red by doja cat and rounding out your top five i remember Everything by Zach Bryan featuring Casey Musgraves. So gone are the Christmas music and back to actually kind of where we left off. Yeah, pretty much exactly where we left off in December before the Christmas music started. So uh, yeah, nothing really surprising here. As for your album chart, your billboard 200 at number one, it is 1989. Taylor's version by Taylor Swift coming at two. One Thing at a Time by Morgan Wallen. At three, four, All the Dogs by Drake. Coming in at four is Pink Friday 2 by Nicki Minaj. And rounding out your top five, Midnights by Taylor Swift. Yeah, and again, kind of picked up where it left off before the Christmas invasion. Um, And yeah, no super surprises here. One thing I want to note about the the 100 that I missed um, is that that is the new uh, record high for Tate McRae's Greedy uh, at number three there. It climbed its way up into the top five this week. Very greedy indeed. (laughs) If you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases. We actually do for the the new year. First new releases of the year. All right. Let me see if I can pronounce this right. All right. Post-human, colon. Mm, mm, uh, X, J, and <laughs> by Bring Me the Horizon. It will not bring you any horizons. I'm sorry. Well, that's post human with next gen and it's weird capitalized letters. <laughs> uh, next, we have or- Orquidas by Caliuchis. For or- sure. I think that's Orquidas. I think so. Um, it, it had that little, I don't know what you call the thing, the line, little line to the right on the eye. The but the format day? didn't. No, not the tilde. Not the a tilde, over the it's eye? like an accent over the eye. If that okay. helps. <laughs> Does not help. <laughs> Fair or enough. Quidas, <laughs> probably, uh, by Kali Uchis. Uh, Big <sighs> by Marika Hackman. Uh, and Pickup, Full of Pink Carnations by The Vaccines. <laughs> there you go. Something for everybody this week. Something for everybody. Let's get into some music news where we start over in Paramore Land, where Paramore is a free agent. And no, we're not talking about Haley Williams. And no, all of them. Not that. And it's not that the band is breaking up. No. Um, the reason. Um, most of the group's online presence has been suddenly wiped clean uh, is because Paramore is a free agent. Uh, The band's longtime website, Paramore.net, now leads to a 404 error message, site not found, which alarmed many fans of the group. It's, It's not due to a split. The site was taken down on the day the group's 20-year deal with Atlantic Records was up. Besides the website going kaput, most of Paramore's social media accounts have also been wiped clean. The group's Twitter and Instagram pages, with 5.3 million followers, 
and a 3.5 million, respectively, uh, show zero posts, and its Threads account appears to have been deleted as well. Only the group's Facebook account still is still active, which includes archive posts as of this writing. So this kind of surprised a lot of people. A lot of people who followed Paramore's, Paramore's accounts were surprised to see just them completely wiped. And so, yeah, there was a little bit of conversation about it. But yes, this is ultimately due to their deal with Atlantic expiring. Um, as for next steps, I'm not really sure. It seems like the band is considering right now whether to manage themselves and release music independently or to align themselves with a new label. You're probably thinking also, wait, 20 years? Has Paramore even been around for 20 years? But if you're aware for, of some Paramore, Paramore lore, or as I like to say, Paralore, um, back in 2004 or 5-ish, uh, when Haley Williams was just starting the band, she got a solo deal with Atlantic. She was 14 at the time. Then she decided, she basically told the label, sorry, no, I don't want to be a solo artist. I'm going to sign with the rest of my bandmates. And thus, that's where the deal was formed. So yeah, it's kind of crazy how we're finally seeing the end of that 20-year deal. Um, and yeah, who knows what their next steps will be. But yeah, obviously they just had a record release last year. They just had a very successful tour. Um, and really, the world is their oyster. They can do really anything they want. Um, notable here is her solo stuff was also released through Atlantic, so that stuff has been reset as well. So who knows not? Who knows whether or not she's going to jump right into more Paramore music or do a solo album again or what they have. But I'm sure when they're ready to announce the next steps, they'll uh, go ahead and do that. This does bring up an interesting kind of question: is because Atlantic. I assume is are the people who took down all of the social media sites. <laughs> Does Atlantic Records then own the name of the band Paramore? So if they were to continue, <laughs> would they have to be something other than Paramore? I would bet no. I'm sure that that follows with the artist, but uh, who knows? I don't. I wasn't there for the signing of that contract. It could be anything. Paramost. <laughs> Paraless. Para even more. There's um, even more of us. <laughs> yeah, other than this, other than this story, kind of a slow week for music. Um, not much going on here. Yeah, I mean, it's it is news, but also, if they are going to announce new music, where are they going to do it? There's no website for them. I'm sure they'll figure it out when the time comes. Uh, we'll go on like uh, what? Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Colbert. <laughs> so some sort of Jimmy. One of those. <laughs> Show up on a Jimmy. Show up on a Jimmy announced the music. All right. Speaking of <laughs> announcing the music, did you listen to anything? Uh, no. Nothing's really out yet. So uh, watch this space. Well, hey, now things are coming out. So yes. we have music to possibly listen to. We'll see. All right. Uh, with that, let's get into video games. And we start with new releases. And a pair of releases, as we do have video game releases now, including Reigns, colon, Three Kingdoms for the PC and the Switch. And lastly, Wall Hospital for the PlayStation, <laughs> for the PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, those are games. I mean, War Hospital. I guess it's a hospital during a war. I would one would assume. <laughs> All right. Uh, as for video game news, uh, Xbox, after making this big splash with their money, is now making a big <laughs> splash with announcements. As Xbox and Bethesda will stream a developer direct presentation, not this Thursday, but next Thursday, January eighteenth. Uh, beginning at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, doing the math for you guys, uh, it will provide fans with, quote, an inside look at a selection of highly anticipated games coming to Xbox Series X, S, PC, and Game Pass, 
close quote. Uh, presented by the developers themselves, this will include Machine Games' Indiana Jones title, Obsidian's Avowed, Oxide Games' Aura, colon, History Untold, and Ninja Theories' Senua's Saga, colon, Hellblade 2. Mm-hmm. At least. Yeah, so uh, this is uh, something that they believe they started doing last year with Starfield. Um, This expanded to feature several games instead of just one in focus. And I think it's a cool idea to let the developers speak for themselves, speak on their own projects. And um, it's a good opening to Microsoft's year. This is kind of, again, I feel like we were a broken record for the last three years saying this, but hopefully a reset year for Xbox where they can prove that they have a lot of games coming out and those of high quality. They got burned by Redfall and to a lesser extent Starfield last year. They need to make up for that by making sure that these games are good. And this is going to be early footage of all of these, I'm sure. And so we're going to get a nice little preview. Um, Accompanying this news, there's a lot of scuttlebutt about when Sony will be doing a state of play and when Nintendo is going to be doing their next Nintendo Direct. Seems like all uh, signs point to both of them showing up in the next few weeks. So either by the end of January or early February for those. So we should hear from all three platform holders very soon. With their state of the years, what's to come for this upcoming year? What can we expect to play besides the big name titles that we've already talked about? Any of these uh, uh, speak to you? Uh, Are you curious about any of these? The about that trailer, initial trailer, showed way too early. I think like two years ago at this point. <laughs> yes. Uh, looked really good, but then haven't really heard a whole lot of it since. No, it's interesting. They The last thing we heard was them kind of downplaying the comparison to the Elder Scrolls, saying that's mm-hmm. not exactly what they were going for. But still, it's a first-person fantasy thing. It's going to have comparisons to Elder Scrolls. So yeah, I'm sure a lot of people who are waiting with bated breath for the next proper Elder Scrolls, we'll be happy to have this as a little stopgap, regardless of what it ends up being. So, uh, yeah, that's exciting. Also curious about what Indiana Jones is. Um, I wonder if they were hoping to release that in a world that cared a little bit more about the Dial of Destiny than we did. (laughs) Because I feel like that kind of came and went. Uh, But yeah, regardless, though, it could be exciting to have an Indiana Jones game Whatever shape it takes. Except the shape of an old man Harrison Ford. Yeah, you don't want that. Please do not use old man Harrison Ford. No, just use young Harrison Ford. You're a video game. You can do that. You have that option. Yes. And then you put it in a museum. Yes, it belongs there. (laughs) All right. Um, The actual second... um, Actually, actually, there's two more music or video games stories that we don't have but we're going to recover real quick oh yes tell me one is the recurring theme of awesome games done quick oh well yeah that's not news we knew that that was happening it's january yes Yes, that's coming up this sunday on the 14th and will take place the entire week benefiting uh vet cancer foundation january is their uh cancer one summer is the doctors without borders yes so that's upcoming starting on sunday Get your wallets ready. Get your speedrunners ready. <laughs> and one speedrunner we might look to see there is the current holder of beating Tetris. <laughs> As that was the big story I saw this week. I am not. I did not cover that on purpose. Oh, <laughs> you not a story. I'm sorry, but for all the talk we have about <laughs> Tetris being the ultimate game, the most perfect sure. game, the game that stands without time, someone <laughs> has finally beaten it. I mean, beaten, beaten it. it. That's why yes. I'm th- I chose not to cover this, because this is not news. Plenty of games can be beaten if they are broken, uh, and this is basically what happened. I don't care. It's still amazing. <laughs> 186 levels. Come on. I mean, yeah, you get to a certain wall. Uh, you can do the same thing with Pac-Man. You can do the same thing with Donkey Kong. Like, eventually yeah, those and, games just break. Yeah, and that's the, the end. Um, the hard drive runs over and <laughs> the memory gets eaten up and it yeah. gets corrupted and just finally ends. Yeah. A true death screen. That's yeah, yeah. Kill screen. Donkey kill screen. Donkey kill screen. 
Oh, no, the King of Kong holds up. I bet it doesn't. Uh, that's as Billy Mitchell became a liar. <laughs> mm. Anyway. Mm. The boy's a liar, part two. Yes, All right, let's keep going. <laughs> All right. Uh, have you played anything? Uh, I'll be honest with you. Speaking of Tetris, I jumped back into some Tetris 99 this week. It had been a while. Oh. Still good. Um, and yeah, nothing else really besides that. Just dabbling in some Fashion Dreamer, dabbling in some Diablo. But uh, yeah, nothing really besides that. Okay. Um, Nothing really for me. Okay. All right. Nothing to talk about yet, at least. <laughs> yet. Yes. Watch this space. We'll we'll be playing some games relatively soon, hopefully. Well, probably I'm going to try to play something before February when Final Fantasy comes out and just takes right. up all my time. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we'll see. Look forward we'll to that see. in the coming weeks. Yes. In the meantime, let's move on to the second half of the show here. Yes. The television section is next when we always start television with the sports corner. Let's break it all down for so y'all this happened. week. Our first headline in sports is on the fringes, but is sports nonetheless. Your Make favorite it. two um, alternative uh, football professional football organizations have combined. The XFL and the USFL have officially merged into the United Football League, the USFL. Oh no, who could have seen this coming? Who could have seen this coming? With Took all teams. of one year for it to happen. Yes. With eight current teams on the roster, the Arlington Renegades, the DC Defenders, the San Antonio Brahmas, St. Louis Battlehawks, Birmingham Stallions, Houston Roughnecks, the Memphis Showboats, and the Michigan Panthers. That's not confusing at all. Their season will begin March 30th. So are you excited to not have two different leagues and just the one to watch in the off seasons? Yes, uh, it's actually exciting football. They're actually taking more of the roles from the XFL, but using more of the stadiums from the USFL because the XFL only played in one stadium. Um, they took four separate teams from both uh, divisions, both leagues into their own division, mm-hmm. the XFL division and the USL division. But it's going to be fun. Spring football. It's back. Football never ends. Hey, football never ends. Get your drafts in. <laughs> Fantasy <laughs> football never ends. <laughs> you lose so much money. Anyway. Hey, I actually won money this year. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, speaking of things being lost. Speaking of not, losing money. <laughs> yeah, speaking of losing money, potentially. I don't know who's losing money here more. Um, after 27 years of partnership, Tiger Woods, him of the little swoosh on his polo, has parted ways with Nike. And will no longer have the little swoosh on his polo. Gone. I don't know. Um, what do you think about this? It's 27 years. I'm pretty sure Tiger Woods has made Nike a shit ton of money. Yeah. Uh, it will be weird not to see a Red Nike polo on Sundays. Um, yeah. Should Tiger Woods continue to be golfing competitively and not just be an ambassador of the game like he probably is now yeah. at this point? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he did say that he is not done. The brand is not going away. He will continue in some other form. Now, where that is, no one knows. Adidas. My money is actually on Travis Matthew. The golf brand, Travis <laughs> Matthew. Okay. But I also could see him just doing his own Tiger Woods brand a la yeah. Greg Norman. I feel like that makes sense. And just do that. Yeah. But it will be interesting to see where does that classic Tiger Woods logo go? Because yeah. trademark law, who owns that patent? Is it Tiger Woods or is it Nike? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. And does um, Tiger Woods then have to come up with his own uh, logo? But and I it's feel not like just Tiger Woods going. <laughs> yeah, beyond the um, beyond the uh, the golf faithful though, this doesn't mean a whole lot anymore. It meant a lot twenty years ago, maybe less so now. Well, yeah, but you know, after twenty seven years, that like iconic imagery. Yeah, they're true. just parting ways now. It's true. All right. Unlike Jordan. Your, yes, those are your broader uh, sports stores, sports stories. But moving into specific leagues here, we'll start with the NFL this week. The NFL playoffs are set. 
the AFC North finished all teams above 500. Look at them go. That is significant because in the Super Bowl era, no division has had all teams finish above 500 before. That's pretty impressive. That also means that in some alternate universe, all AFC North teams would have made the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Too bad it doesn't work like that. Does not work like that, though. No. Uh, Speaking of things that don't work, Atlanta has fired their head coach, Arthur Smith, and waited until 12.01 in the morning to do it. (laughs) Technically, on Black Monday, when all the head coaches get fired. So, yeah. Technically, they waited until 12.01 because I got the notification at... Because I got the notification at 9.02 p.m. <laughs> West Coast time that he was fired. Like, oh, they wasted no time on that one. <laughs> Speaking of that wasting no time, other coaches got the axe as well. Washington fired their head coach, Ron Rivera. And the Titans fired their head coach, Mike Vrabel. So there are a total of six head coach openings, including the Panthers, Raiders, Chargers, Falcons, Commanders, and Titans. So far... The other two that we're waiting on is the Bears, as they have the number one pick. Mm -hmm. But there are current rumblings that they are willing to move off of said number one pick for a hefty ransom. And of course, there's also the rumors that have been circulating about, well, whether this is Bill Belichick's last season, too. So a lot of things are in flux. Uh, Interesting you bring that up because head coach from the Titans, who just got fired, Mike Vrabel, former player of Bill Belichick and has expressed heavy interest in Mm. said position for the, um, for Patriots. So don't be surprised if Bill Belichick stays on for one more year, Mike Mayroll comes over as a defensive coordinator for one year and then they swap. Okay. Well, we will see. That's that's my prediction hat going on there. You love to put on that hat. It fits nicely. <laughs> uh, to wrap up uh, the NFL stuff, uh, where are you feeling about these playoff matchups? Uh, any highlight games to look forward to? Yes. In fact, there's only one game that is on everyone's mind this upcoming week. Okay. It is Detroit Lions mm. hosting their first ever playoff game in 30 plus years. Yeah, that's true. And as a appreciation for someone who's been at the helm of such a long and tumultuous franchise for 12 years. They've invited Matthew Stafford to come <laughs> and with the Los Angeles Rams to play against the Detroit Lions <laughs> in yes. said playoff game. Yes, exactly. Uh, oh, so it is both a revenge game for current quarterback Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. against his former team, the LA Rams. It is also a homecoming game for quarterback Matthew Stafford playing in his former home of 12 years at Ford's Field. Yeah, must feel pretty As, weird. Yeah, but, you know, Detroit's hosting a playoff game. What year is this? Also, the Browns... Oh, you know, the Browns are not hosting a playoff game. They actually lost to play mm-hmm. the Ravens. Never mind. I say the Browns are also in the playoffs. So, yeah. Yeah. Close, almost. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, yeah, that is the game that most people are looking forward to. It's the Sunday night game. It is one of, uh, the way the scheduling does for the playoffs. No team, uh, no game overlaps. Mm-hmm. So you get two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and one on Monday. All right. So look forward to some exciting playoff football this weekend. In the meantime, we have an update coming from Major League Baseball, a story we've been tracking for a while, but it's not great news. Uh, We had previously reported that Amazon, Amazon Prime Video specifically, was looking into making an investment in the struggling Diamond Sports Group uh, to take some of their licensing uh, to broadcast baseball games of the teams that they had deals with. Well... The MLB rejected a proposed roughly $150 million lifeline extended by Amazon for the teams. Major League Baseball, quote, will offer Diamond a deal that reduces the media rights fees it pays for three of the 11 teams in exchange for the MLB gaining the digital rights for all Diamond teams starting in 2025. According to the MLB, they want to cut out Diamond and strike out 
their own streaming deals with Amazon or Apple starting in 2025, leaving this upcoming season as, well, then what the hell is going to happen then to the other teams? This is definitely <laughs> going to be one of those limbo years uh, with streaming and broadcasting rights for 11 of yeah. the 30 teams in the MLB. Yeah. So here's the question. Who are the three teams? Who do you think those three teams are? Because I have a very strong feeling that the Angels are one of them. I want to say it's the Angels. I yeah. want to say it's the Padres. And I want Padres to say Padres deal already expired, remember? They already gave up that money. Okay, then the other one's Atlanta. Yeah. Because that's a big market. That would make sense. And Although, then... do they have that? Or do they still no, have... They, do. T- do they, don't, they don't do TBS? No. For those anymore? No. Nope. I know you're thinking Turner in Atlanta. Yeah, I'm old. I guess they used to do that, but maybe they don't anymore. Uh, And probably Miami, the Marlins, because that's also a big market. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. They also do Tampa Bay, but I guess they're not as big of a market. No, they're not as big. But anyway, uh, yeah, so if you're not one of those, of course, we're, you know, we don't actually know for sure if those are the three teams. But uh, yeah, it's good. It's a really good question. What What happens then? And even then, there's also a chance that Diamond can't even afford the the smaller fee. Like they might be that struggle, like that that down in the dumps financially. They might not be able to even pay the league that much money. So there's a lot of question marks still. Even though this basically confirms that we won't see these teams on Amazon at least in 2024. Right. I mean, there's still the possibility of 2025. That's apparently yes. when MLB is looking to start making a full-fledged licensing deal. Yeah. I'm going to assume for longer than one year. So I would bet, yes. Uh, I think, was it Peacock got it for five years? Yeah. I think that's what their deal is. Something and then like Amazon that. Prime's Thursday Night Football games are for 10 years. So they're probably looking for the same thing kind of deal where it's a 10-year block starting in 2025. Yeah. The crazy to just stream thing about- the games. It's just insane to me that this just puts the onus then in the team's marketing arms to figure out how to explain these changes to their fans. Like, how do you go from being like, oh, yeah, you watched your team here in the same place for like six, seven years. How do you then say, oh, by the way, here's the details about how to do this other thing to figure out how to watch your team. It's a disaster. They like, start running ads that say you can only walk your team on MLB.com. You have to sign up for the play package. It's just this stuff they need to be more transparent about it. Because the fact that fact is, is that 90% of the people who care about this aren't listening to our podcast and aren't digging for these stories. Hey, you know what this story reminds me of? <laughs> the Pac-12, when they couldn't make their own yes. damn uh, deal and decided to try and strike out and make their own uh, network. And look what happened. <laughs> look what to happened the to that. Uh, we'll get there. Hold on, get there. Hold on. Hold your back 12 thoughts. Okay. Moving out of the MLB and into the NBA, the 2024 NBA trade deadline ends on February 8th. So get your One trade predictions. Month away. Yes. Uh, also in line, All Star Game coming up about yep. two weeks after that. So yes. start catching your votes. Always around Valentine's Day. Always fun. Meanwhile, in the NHL world of hockey, your number one pick, Connor Bedard, was placed on the IR this week with a broken jaw. Bedard, age 18, leads all NHL rookies in goals, 15 assists with 18, and minutes, 19 minutes, in 39 games this season. That is correct. If you break that down, that is one almost one assist per minute. Pretty good. On the ice. That's insane, honestly. <laughs> As an 18-year-old going up against these grown-ass men. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, I mean, if it was stats like that, it's no wonder someone broke his jaw. But also, yeah. how dare you break the number one pick's jaw? <laughs> how dare you? Then on the flip side, we go from rookie player to legendary player. Marc-Andre Fleury, seven days after he appeared in his 1,000th game, joins only three other goaltenders in NHL history by notching his 551st career win. Tying him with Patrick Roy for second all time among NHL goalies. Uh, yes. What long storied career of Mark Andre Fleury, yeah. formerly of the Penguins, mm-hmm. then was unceremoniously lifted 
to Las Vegas Golden yes. Knights yes. during their inaugural draft where they forcefully <laughs> plucked two players from every team. Yes. But yeah, that's 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 rarefied air. That's a limited group of people to be associated with. So yeah, that's uh, some of the best, uh, best stats in the game. Uh, number one uh, most career wins is still Martin Brodeur mm. of the New Jersey Devils with one uh six hundred and ninety one wins Woo. at one thousand two hundred sixty six games played. It's pretty good. That's a lot so of wins. He still has what a hundred fifty more games <laughs> to win. That's pretty crazy. Good uh, each each season's about eighty eighty two games. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So he's got like at least at minimum two seasons. Yeah. If he just completely like wins every single game and plays every single game. So three to five, maybe. I don't know if he can do it. He's I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Who can say at this point? All right. Let's move out of hockey news. And then lastly, yes, as I promised, college football, the NCAA as the college football national championship did happen this week. Michigan won 34 to 13 against Washington. Their first national title since 1997. So congratulations to them. Then you also yep. have a record 303 rushing yards in the game, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, Michigan had 303 rushing yards, which is a record for a national championship game. Those rushing yards alone over Washington's total offense at 301 yards for the game. Wow, pretty good. Uh, Michigan also first two drives. Scored touchdowns, and they oh. didn't need to score anymore because Washington <laughs> only scored thirteen points. <laughs> there you go. Who's to show you? Uh, so, but yeah, congratulations, yeah. Michigan. Now the all eyes turn not to the NFL draft, mind you, but to Coach Jim Harbaugh, and does he <laughs> stay at Michigan? Because yeah. as we just mentioned, six teams yes. currently have head coach openings. That's true. And then, of course, parallel to that is the uh, evolving story about what now happens to the Pac-12. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, now it's it, the, the. Would you say this was the last nail in the to- in the in the the coffin here? Uh, no, not the last nail, but rather the last hurrah. Yeah, the last gasp that any team in the Pac-12 had to make a statement <laughs> in college football. Yeah, as all teams will now disband. Well, not all teams, but 10 of the 12 teams will now disband from the Pac-12 into other conferences uh, starting next year. So So get ready. Strap in. It's going to be a wild ride. Strap in. You're going to have, was it like Stanford in the ACC, (laughs) UCLA in the Big Ten? Oh, it's so silly. It's truly ridiculous. It is. All right. Let's move on. Into television news proper out of sports. Oh, and... last thing in sports for everyone else. Yes. Tennis. The first tennis. tennis match of the season, or sorry, t- first tennis tournament of the season, the Australia Open, begins this week. Well, there you go. Look forward to that. Now we can move on to yes. television news. And we start here with not the Golden Globes. You don't need to know. Succession won a bunch of stuff. I guess Beef won a couple of things. Oppenheimer won stuff. Emma Stone showed up and won. You know, the usual. Anyways. Taylor Swift actually finally lost something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, everybody hated uh, uh, Joe Coy, which I feel like we called. Well, yes. When you give him <laughs> 10 days to prepare a monologue. <laughs> mm, yeah. Mm, not a great move. Anyway, hit. Not all hit. But the good news is, is that the Emmys are on the horizon. The proper primetime Emmys start on Monday. However, there already were some Emmys given up this weekend for the Creative Arts Emmys. Yes, the, the below-the-line Emmys. Yes, aka. <laughs> the Last of Us dominated the night with eight wins, including guest actor and actress in a drama series for Nick Offerman and Storm Reid, respectively. Wednesday, The White Lotus and The Bear won four apiece, with Beef going home with three. 
The Roku channel, believe it or not, bested more established competitors to take the prize for a TV movie with one of our favorites from last year, or the last calendar year, not even this yes. past year, past past year. Yep. A weird Al Yankovic story. Uh, Hulu's Welcome to Wrexham walked away with five wins, including Outstanding Unstructured Reality Program. Still, colon, a Michael J. Fox movie, took home four Emmys. Me, el uh, elsewhere, RuPaul's Drag Race's star and producer, RuPaul, continued his winning streak for reality or competition program host. This was his eighth consecutive win. So grand congratulations to RuPaul and everybody else who won, and we look forward to the Emmys proper on Monday. Yes, but this also does give us a brief look into what are the, some of the favorites coming to the yeah. Emmys, including The Last of Us, White Lotus, and The Bear. Yeah, people noted that uh, the Golden Globes completely snubbed The Last of Us, mm -hmm. uh, leaving it kind of questioning a lot. A lot of people questioning what its its success rate for the Emmys here. So uh, right, but the Golden Globes gave it to the other HBO show, Succession, <laughs> everywhere. Right. So so. Uh, HBO's like, oh no, yes, boo-hoo, let me collect yeah. my awards, boo-hoo, you guys. <laughs> yeah, but we'll see, ultimately, um, what that what that, uh, what that that looks like come Monday night. So stay tuned, folks. Yep. We'll have that for um, you next week on Tuesday's show. Especially we'll see The Last of Us, like we said, go up against the season finale, series finale of Succession, and then favorite of The Bear, go up against series finale of Ted Lasso. Yes. I have a feeling... Not that those not... are the only ones we're worried about. Right. But those are kind of like the two major prizes of like the new guy mm. and the uh, the finale veteran coming in. Well, regardless, it'll be fun. So yes, listen for next week's episode to hear our Emmy takes as they will have happened by the time we record. Hot Emmy takes hot from Emmy the night takes. before. Yes, steaming hot. Let's move on <laughs> out of Emmys and into some television that we watched this week. One of these I'm hoping you finished, because I finished. I'm sorry, I did not finish. I'm oh, no! Through. How did I, I beat you? You started way ahead of me. I was yes. able to watch the entire first season, plus catch up to the end of this season before you finished season two. Yeah, I know. All right, well, we can table well, that I was kind of sick and off, so... <laughs> right. So let's table that until next week if you want to finish that up. Oh, no, we can... What we can talk about it. I, don't I have... think it'll be better if we can talk about the whole thing. Not that there's so many spoilers, but it does something interesting in the finale that I want to get your take on. So okay, we'll wait. I'm halfway through, they're just coming back from Paris. Okay, we'll wait then. We'll wait. Yeah, because there's there's a whole arc you don't know about yet. Okay. Okay. All right. But the one thing you did watch though is something called The Four. Yes, this is the new game show hosted by Rob Lowe. Oh, I where... did see the clip for this. Yes. Okay. Yes. Where they're on a nine by nine grid, and you want people out there, only one winner. Mm. As it is image trivia, basically, it's name this image, um, based on the expertise of the person you're of the who's standing on the square on the floor. Uh, they choose one person at random, and they get to challenge one of the four people next to them in their expertise. Um, like say, I think one of them was uh tools, for example. So you challenge a person in tools, and they just rapid firely show a series <laughs> of images of tools, and it is more or less um speed chess rules where you say it, your clock stops, goes to the next person. They get it right, clock stops, go back to you. Um, you can pass three second violation. But first person to reach zero on their timer, eliminated. And you take their square. And you just go and keep taking squares until you either stop or you stop and go back to the floor. Okay. But here's the kicker, though. When you overtake someone's square or, say, someone beats you, your clue that you're standing on now becomes the clue for the entire section. Mm. So... All so in the end, all eighty-one kind of trivia's will be covered, but not necessarily the person who started on that square will have it covered by the time you get to it. Okay. So it's a little bit of like snake four meets lava, and just kind of like 
trivia spread out. But we, it's a bit addicting because you're watching this and it's like one of the categories was car brands or cars, car brands show a logo of a car. And we're sitting there saying, that, that's that, it's, it's BMW, that's Saab, that's Subaru. And these people are kind of stumbling. He's like, oh, come on, that was so easy. So it's very easy to get in, into this game uh, from a couch perspective. And also, it's that very hard. My mind just all of a sudden went blank standing up here. And I have no idea, <laughs> like, what Macaulay Culkin looks like. <laughs> he goes like this. Yes, they have that image. And you're supposed to name the, the child actor. And they can't. <laughs> Like, I, I know that's homo. I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, you just get the pressure gets to you, even yes. you know, when you're put on the spot like that. Yeah. And it's only 45 seconds. So yeah. each round lasts a, <laughs> I mean, a total of 90 seconds. So each like head to head competition goes by very fast. Yeah. Um, total prize to win everything a quarter of a million dollars, 250,000. Mm. But Whoever has the most tiles at the end of the night automatically gets 20000 that they get to keep no matter what. So nice. there's kind of an incentive to keep going and get the most tiles and kind of attack the person who has those tiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, if you lose, your tile, all your space gets taken and whatever their category is, whatever the category was that wasn't used, becomes the full category. So you have someone who like maybe started off with um, cereals was a category, but then they won, continued to win, eventually lost. But that ser- category of cereals was never used, so that becomes the full square of mm-hmm. uh, of of that person now. Okay, even if that person does not not know anything about it, that now becomes their their category that they have to challenge for, or have to de- defend against. So it's it's simple, but it's simple enough to where people at home on the couch can play it too. Oh, okay. Yeah, it seems all right. Yeah. Um, kind of reminds me a bit of like a generation gap from a couple yeah. of years ago, where it's yeah. one of those like you can sit on the couch and like with a family, <laughs> family friendly game show and yell at the TV what the answer is. <laughs> Well, I mean, Christy and I love our game shows. Might have to give that one a spin, see if she likes that. She loves Generation Gap. Don't get her started. Does she love Rob Lowe? He's pretty good in this. (laughs) Not really, no. Um, Yeah, we're kind of in Netflix uh, limbo right now because we expected there to be a new season of The Circle. Uh, but that it is hasn't February, yet. right? It's apparently next month, and I'm like, yes. oh man, so we have to wait even longer for that. Uh, but there is Love is Blind Sweden coming up, so eh, hey, a different don't thing. That's a different it. thing. Don't poo poo it. it. Look at all the Swedish models coming in here. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Anything else that we watched this week before we move on to cancellations and renewals? I did watch the pilot for Extended Family. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of the highlights of it created and executive produced by Michael Malley. Yes. Right. That Mike O'Malley. Let's go to Mo. Mo. Yes, because unlike <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo, he also has guts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about the highlight of this, um, especially yeah. since Donald Faison is the owner <laughs> of the Celtics. What? Yes, that, wait, that's how they're wait, playing in this universe. In the television show? Yes, Donald okay. Faison's character is the Got owner it. of the Celtics. Got confused for a second. And is dating slash and engaged to the ex uh character wife, mm-hmm. um John Cryer's ex. And they share a house in Nantucket. And that's how they all like interact with each other, is that they swap off living in this house in Nantucket. Mm-hmm. Uh but that is about as weird as it gets. Otherwise, it's very much a like, uh, kind of safe comedy. It tries to do the two and a half men thing. It tries to do the uh, was it a modern family thing where they it's like they're in therapy and like talking to the camera, sitting on the couch, talking to the audience. It it does that, but I don't think it does it very successfully though. 
It might just be because the first like two episodes where they're trying to get a lot more backstory into it. Yeah. It's like how right they're still co-parenting, but also not at each other's throats and trying yeah. to be amicable for the kids, even though the kids themselves aren't necessarily around that much in these episodes. So <laughs> it, yeah. it, it, it tries to like lightly tap dance and make light of like what could easily be a very um, hostile and toxic situation. Okay. But that's Extended Family. That's Extended Family. Where's that? Uh, that is on NBC. NBC. So, that's a network show. Okay. Yep. Got it. They still exist, believe it or not. They still occasionally have network uh, combinations. Yes, they okay. still do um, <laughs> three uh, in-studio camera yep. setups. Multicam <laughs> shows Multicam. still exist. But in the meantime, let's move on to cancellations and renewals. Let's let's uh, find out what shows no longer exist. What am I no longer watching? You're no longer watching American Born Chinese on Disney Plus as it has been canceled after just one unceremonious season. Uh, we watched half of this and could not Same. finish it. Same. Did not I got through three to episodes, it. did not go back to it. Uh, Chrissy's a big fan of the, the comic on which it's based. Uh, mm-hmm. So she was expecting to jump in and really like it. I think she did like what was there, but ultimately other stuff came out. It was bad timing, and we just never took the time to go and finish it. Oh, yeah, that's why I didn't finish Julia. I watched the Percy Jackson thing. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there in a second. Let's finish cancellations and renewals, then I want to get your take on that real, okay. real briefly. Um, but let's finish this up first. So that's cancellation. We also are out. Oh, we have one more cancellation. Minx on Stars canceled after one season. Then we have some renewals for y'all. Help, I'm in a secret relationship. It's the third season on MTV. It's weird. Catfish, the We're TV like, show. Oh, I'm on a secret TV show. Yeah, right. Catfish, the TV show, it, it gets a season set, uh, season nine on MTV. It's been running for a while. Bookie on Max gets a second season. And we have uh, some deaths real quick. Let's do these real quick first. We have, first up, David Soule, age 80, actor, famous for Starsky and Hutch, and also Magnum Force. We also have Christian Olivier, age 51, actor. I think it's just Oliver. Oh, is that not Olivier? No. Just Christian Oliver? Okay. Um, actor in Speed Racer, The Good German, Saved by the Bell, The New Class. And then we have Adam Canto, age 42. Actor was in X-Men Days of Future Past, Designated Survivor, and The Cleaning Lady. Uh, yeah, uh, two really young actors, and then David Soul, legend. I think it was Starsky and Starsky and Hutch, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't Hutch, that was someone else. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, so, so, yeah, so, yeah real... the reason I did not finish Julia is because... Yes. I spent that time instead watching on your heavy recommendation. Yes. And I guess Chrissy's recommendation too. Yeah, uh, by proxy. Yes, by proxy. Uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians on Disney+. Plus. All right, what do you think? It's a kid show. Okay, so it's, it's a kid's show. Yeah, kid's show. no. What'd you expect? <laughs> it's based on a kid's book. Yeah, young adult. But like actual like 12 year old kids and not like the aged up i'm gonna right. say i'm a kid but i'm actually like 18 in this oh, thing no. they're children they are absolutely the age that they're supposed to be playing yes i think that actually helps in this that it actually yeah. like raises the stakes and like right. hey this is actually dangerous and not mm-hmm. the uh, movie version which was very teen adult young yeah. young adult teen novel um but yeah the I'm so, I was actually surprised that they actually put money behind this. Oh, yeah. And the actual, like, not just uh, fight scenes, but the CGI graphics behind it work. It's actually really well done, really uh, fun to see. Yeah, um, one of the things that they I, I'm, I'm continuously surprised by how good they are at it is not showing you too much of the monster, which is good mm-hmm. for a budget thing, but also it's a classic tactic to make the stakes higher and the scare and the monster scarier, right? 
is yep. you only get to see their their designs and fleeting glimpses. And so you're just like Percy in that moment where you're just like, I have no idea what the hell that is, but it's chasing us when we need to get away. But it's smart again because it saves them so much money by just showing you little bits and pieces of a monster instead of just here's a monster constantly on the screen. It's really smart. Yeah, it's. I mean, it also helps with the hiding of the Greek world and like the great yeah. monsters. Like, hey, no one can see them, but right. they're still affecting their actual world. Unless you want to be seen. <laughs> um, oh, and then like the um, the invisibility of the New York cap. Like, yeah. hey, I don't want to have this lug this around, so let's mine this thing that we're carrying yeah. here. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, it's it's fine. It's fun. If it, it's a nice touch um i think i'm glad that i waited and binge it i don't think i'd be patient enough to wait on a weekly episodes <laughs> for it yeah even though it, that's what it kind of wants to do it calls for it i don't think it works well as a week by week series i think it's more of a binge thing i mean we'll see by the end of the first season we'll be able to feel that out to see what whether that would have benefited it or not so far, the the pace is working for us. I know uh, Christy really enjoys having another show that's on a weekly basis. So, I think I, I get the idea of the pacing because they're supposed to be on this cross country journey. So you want to have the week time gap between like place one and place two and place three and yeah. place four. So it's I do like the Greek myth. So I will say that I do like the Greek mythology in it. Uh, Medusa was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. It's a fun time. It's fine. I I can easily see this going on continuing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Season two, season three. They got a lot of books to adapt. That's right here. Yeah. <laughs> never never read them. Yeah. All right. Now we can move on properly from television and into the last segment for the day, the movies section where we always start the movies with the weekend box office numbers. And today, we start with number one, Wonka, with another $14 million. That's at 164 domestic. Number two, The Pool That Kills You at 12... Sorry, Night Swim, uh, with $12 million debut. Apparently, yeah, people love that pool that kills you. Or movies in January always do good. <laughs> it's true. Just ask M3 again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Number three, Aquaman The Lost Kingdom with $10 million this week. That's at a cool even 100. Hey, you're and right. It did, we, it did, it did crawl there. It got there, but it's probably not thrilled that it's there. And number four, Migration with another $10 million. That's at 77. That might be the first Illumination film in a while to not hit 100, which is wild. So we'll see. I want to say that they mostly have. Uh, they're a pretty successful studio. Well, and they're then, yeah, very successful. I mean, they're successful because yeah. of like the low hanging fruit that they they yeah. have. Minions, Mario, you know. And then rounding out your top five, anyone but you with a nine point five million dollar total this week. That's sitting at forty three million domestic. Uh, and, let's see here. Yes, you are. Right. Yeah. Barring uh barring the re-releases that they do, right. you're correct. That is at 78 yeah. million. Their <laughs> lowest before this, or the next highest, I guess. Hop at 108 million. Oof. Yikes. I guess it just the for whatever reason, it just didn't entice families enough to go. Or perhaps that Wonka being family friendly enough maybe cannibalized some of its audience. That could be part of it. They didn't have a runway there being the only family film. Right. That's why it needed to be in November release so you get the whole right. November, December family. They waited fun. too long. Yep. Not waiting a second longer, though. Uh, it's our first big release week of the year uh, starting this Friday. We have two big Come on, Night Swim is not a big release? Well, no, not really. Uh, but you have the uh, anticipated. Did it make a splash for you? <laughs> Uh, we have the anticipated. It's money together. All right, let's move on. <laughs> All right, let's dive into the next one. Mean Girls is out finally. The uh, film adaptation of the stage musical version of Mean Girls, but somehow also still featuring Tina Fey, uh, is out this week in theaters. Yes, believe it or not, that movie is twenty. The original is twenty years old this year. Feel old, people. 
feel very old. Um, then two other movies this week, The Book of Clarence and Beeke The Beekeeper. Yeah, but Mean Girls is going to dominate because... Yeah. Mean Girls is going to be your number Mean one. Girls. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how people are going to be surprised that it is a musical. Yeah, I was Wolf. just going to say, as long as people don't find out it's a musical. Oh, wait, I just told you, it's a musical. Anyway. Those are your new releases. But a movie that may or may not release, maybe ever, uh, because the track record for the uh, for uh, Disney Star Wars films has been spotty in the last few years. Let's talk about yet another announcement of yet another Star Wars movie. That may this or may time. not hit the big screen. Right. That may or may not even hit the big screen. But has some familiar friends. John Favreau is directing and bringing his friends to a new Star Wars movie titled, guess what? The Mandalorian and Grogu. This rolls off the tongue. Great title. Working title. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> God, I hope so. Just call it Baby Yoda. That's all you need to do. It will go into production later this year. Favreau will produce The Mandalorian and Grogu with Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy and newly appointed creative director Dave Filoni. This is in addition to the Daisy Ridley character, Ray Skywalker film, the Ray Skywalker film directed by Charmaine Obeid Shinoy. Also in addition to James Mangold's Dawn of the Jedi film, and also, also in addition to Dave Filoni's film that will connect his Disney Plus shows. Though Disney release calendar is constantly changing, an untitled Star Wars movie is scheduled for May 22nd, 2026. This could be that, question mark. A separate movie set in a galaxy far, far away is set for December 18th, 2026. And a third is scheduled for December 17th, 2027. So move around the pieces all you want. These movies aren't coming out. Hey, 2026 <laughs> is... Still two years away. It's so far. It's so far in the future. I don't even know yeah. what to think anymore. When are these movies ever going to actually be released? Are they going to have the same director from here to when they're finally announced, like to when finally released? Will we see trailers? Will we have any news whatsoever? Or is this the last we hear of this? You just saw 2026. <laughs> so which means either Christmas this year or Super Bowl the following year, 2025. It's a lot of maybes I'm hearing. There's a lot of we'll see. I don't know. I just put out a Star Wars movie. I dare you. Is my well, is my dare to Disney at this point. It's also a dare because, like you said, or as the story says, both Dave Filoni and John Favreau are supposedly directing their own Star Wars films that may or may not actually be connected. Uh, because Mandalorian and Grogu. It's supposed to be its own standalone Star Wars film and not connected to the Dave Filoni film. But as we know, Dave Filoni likes playing with his toys and will somehow make it about the Mandalorian and Grogu and put them in there somewhere. He's only going to take his friends. That's what I was saying. He's inviting his friends to all of his parties. Anyway, I don't know. We'll see. That's my that's my take on this. And also, change that name. Yeah. Don't call it Mandalorian and Grogu. Mandalorian and Grogu? Come on. Not a buddy cop should... film, unless it is. <laughs> no, it's Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, R.I.P. All right, R. let's wrap that up. Let's talk about. Oh yeah, and also this is where I do the requisite thing I did in TV. The Golden Globes did happen. Um, certain movies were awarded. Uh, certain people Barbie that got snubbed. were yes. on our radar got snubbed. Charles Melton unfortunately got snubbed. Yes. That being said. Let's roll into a movie that enjoyed some um, some award love at the Golden Globes. I watched a movie this week. Yes, this is now a holdover space for next <laughs> week till we watch actual movies. Well, I watched a holdover from 2023, The Holdovers. Hey, uh, do you mean? Don't you mean Golden Globe winning yes, the Golden holdovers? Golden Globe winning the holdovers, and I'm uh, happy to report, I believe it earns the praise. Uh, Paul Giamatti great in this thing um it's his movie it's his vehicle and he rolls with it um it's a pretty simple premise um and i think it delivers on it uh basically if you're not familiar essentially he is a uh a history teacher at a um a boarding school and it is 19 is 1970 so it's a period piece um and basically because it's a boarding school most of the kids go home but some of the boys have to stay are holdovers 
because their parents can't take them home. So they have to stay with the guardian. And basically, one of the teachers is handpicked to be that guardian for the period of time. In this case, it's Paul Giamatti's character, who is cantankerous, who doesn't like the kids, who, who has doesn't baggage. doesn't want to be there, let right, me guess. He doesn't want to be there. Mm. He's kind of smelly. Um, nobody likes him. That's kind of the setup. Also, he's an alcoholic, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, what hey, do you know? I already walked sideways. Right. Hey, it's <laughs> funny that you say that because this is an Alexander Payne film. Oh. Um, just like Sideways. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you like his stuff, perfect segue. Um, this is his first period piece, though. Fun fact. Uh, apparently, I read some quote from him this week that was saying, Basically, his entire career here is he, career. He's been making seventies seventies uh, comedies, so why not just set one in the seventies? <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, naturally, of course, because movies are movies, he is the one chosen to be the guardian for the holdovers, and uh, the boys aren't happy to see him there, and hilarity ensues. However, there's a heart to this movie. He does end up bonding with one of the boys as he ends up being the only one after uh, the rest of the boys are taken home. And uh, they have this interesting father-son dynamic that grows over the course of the movie. And yeah, it's heartwarming. It's got Christmas stuff for, throughout. It'll be, I think it's a good uh, Christmas feel for the holiday season next year if you missed it this year. Does that make it a Christmas movie? Yeah, absolutely. It is a Christmas movie. It takes place at Christmas. Christmas is a plot point. It's the reason why it's happening. Yeah, I'd say this is a Christmas movie. Um, yeah, I really love the the acting here. Paul Giamatti is great. Uh, of course he is. Uh, it's a real showcase for him and his particular brand of cantankerous acting. Uh, the kid in one of his first roles is really impressive. Um, he's He's got some range to him. Um, I really like uh, what's the, the woman's name in it. She also was nominated at the Golden Globes last night. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Anyways, um, she's really excellent in this as well. Uh, plays a really heart-wrenching role as um, the mother of a recently deceased child who went to the school, uh, unfortunately lost his life at the Vietnam War. And so she kind of is dealing with this in the, during, uh, 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 in the, the, as the movie goes on. And it's helped out by the other characters. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really great Devin acting Joy show. Randolph. There you go. Yeah, she's great in this. Um yeah, uh it's a it's a it's a character it's a great character piece. It's a really good showcase for uh for these character actors. Um and yeah, it's heartwarming and emotional and yeah, it's it's cute. I like the script and um there's a lot of really touching moments. So yeah, I recommend it. It's streaming on Peacock right now, in case anybody is curious. Okay. Uh, now, because it's a Christmas movie, the ultimate <laughs> question, would you watch this every year? Not every year. I think it's a lot. Uh, a lot of the, the, the subject matter is pretty heavy, as mentioned. Um, and so it can be, at moments, be like, all right. But by the end of it, it turns in such a happy ending and such a redemptive kind of uh, revenge kind of style thing uh, that ends up being fun by the end of it. Um, yeah, I, rec I recommend it. It's a, it's a good one. Um, as for Oscar chances, I think you see Paul Giamatti get, an, uh, get a nod for his role here. I don't think he'll win. Um, and, but uh, I could also see screenplay possibly for this. I think it was nominated for screenplay. For the, the Globes? For the Globes, yeah. I don't know if it won, but... I did not watch the, the Golden Globes, in case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's the holdovers. Uh, still kind of waiting for other other award season movies to still come to streaming. I understand that Friday we're finally getting Killers of the Flower Moon on Apple TV. Oh, is that finally coming? That's finally this week, I want to say. Hey! So... So we can we'll talk about see. that next week, maybe. Maybe, maybe, if we finish it by then. Oh, what, of the three hours? See, <laughs> that's the joke he should have made the, for the three-hour right. movie, not the Oppenheimer joke. Yeah, I saw people reacting badly to Oppenheimer being the punchline there. But yes, Killers of the Flower Moon is the better punchline. <laughs> well, it's funny, because it, well, it was nominated for the Golden Globes. Yeah. You do. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so, Ed, do you watch anything this week? Uh, 
Nope. I did not. Not not movie related wise. All right. Um, well, I have been watching Twisted Metal because I did get that second season. Okay. Um, my thoughts still stand on it that it's still a <laughs> fun, campy, knows its lane and wants to be as ridiculous as possible. So, yeah. fun watching that. But other than that, lots of sports this weekend, as we talked about. Yeah. I watched a lot of sports and I will continue to be watching that. Yeah. There's well, a reason I guess why... less now because yeah. one of them's over. There's a reason why uh, the last few shows, sport, the sports section has been the longest section. <laughs> yes, I've noticed this. Yes. As your as your long con of slowly turning in this into a sports podcast continues. It will not it will die down. We do have long slogs of nothing we'll happened in sports. Don't worry. We will see. All right. With but that that won't be happening for this no. episode as we wrap this thing up. No, that will do it for the movie section and the Media Bill podcast for this week. So thank you for joining us this week. We'll be back, of course, next week for another episode. More thoughts, more news, all of that. You can catch us in multiple forms. We're on video on YouTube. Go to our channel, Media Boat Podcast, on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and click the bell for notifications when new videos are uploaded. You can also find us in audio form on any podcatcher of your choice. Search Media Boat Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and you'll find our archive of shows. You can also find us on social media. At Media Boatcast is our handle on Twitter or X if you're nasty. You can also find us on Facebook if you search Media Boat Podcast. You can also find us on twitch.tv slash mediaboat if we're playing some video games. Perhaps that will happen soon. You can also find us on mediaboatpodcast.com where you can find a archive of our episodes as well as any other writing that we do, including my write-up for Pokemon Concierge from last week. All that and more on all those sources, so stay tuned. We'll have an exciting 2024 to come. So join us next week as we continue. We'll have more news, more thoughts, Killers of the Flower Moon, maybe. Julia, for sure, next week. <laughs> Finally. Next time on the Media Boat Podcast. All right, so tune in next time. See you guys. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.